Chapters 5 and 6 of Sheriff Larrabee's Prisoner by Martin Dexter, pseudonym for Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Left in the Rain There was no chance for further argument or comment on the sheriff's ideas. Not half a mile away, climbing out of a hollow and slowly mounting the hillside beyond, they saw a rider passing on a gray horse. Without a word, even of exultation, the posse lurched down the hillside. It was like the sudden breaking of a storm, this coming on the trail of the fugitive after the meeting with the woman in the house. To his young companions the quiet-mannered sheriff seemed suddenly a prophet, a man of mysterious foreknowledge. It was unquestionably the man they wanted. No sooner had he sighted the riders on the far slope then he leaned far forward over the saddle and urged his weary horse to fresh efforts, scurrying rapidly up the hill. Tired his horse must be, but he had come the distance from the Zeller house at a far slower gait than the sheriff, and accordingly his mount had greater reserves of energy. He shot out of sight over the crest, and when the sheriff and his men reached the same point, they saw Jack Montaigne halfway up the farther slope. In spite of their frantic spurring, he had gained on them, and he was still gaining. "'He'll run us into the ground,' said the sheriff. "'I'll see if I can't tag him.' Then he whipped the long rifle out of its case, tucked the butt into the hollow of his shoulder, and fired. The fugitive and his horse were flattened to the slope beyond, as if a great weight falling from above had crushed them. While the sheriff calmly tucked his gun back into the case, his posse rushed forward with a yell. They had their man. Still it seemed that Jack Montaigne would flee blindly, pitting his speed of foot against the speed of galloping horses. Yet there was nothing to which he could flee. The hills were piteously bare, and there was not a tree, only scatterings of rocks here and there. Yet he raced to the top of the hill and disappeared beyond it. A moment later the object of his flight appeared. He had run for the rocks of the summit in order to use them as a fort, and now he opened fire with the rifle which he had taken from the saddle when his horse fell. Suddenly the sheriff drew rein with an oath, and the oath caused his companions to pull up their own mounts, for the sheriff was not a profane man. "'Look,' said the sheriff, as the echo of the first shot died away, he put his hoss out of its misery, instead of trying to pot us. The gray horse had straightened out on the slope, and now no longer struggled. While the horseman stared, the rifle spoke again, three times. Not three yards away from the sheriff's horse, the bullets thudded into the mud, and all three landed within the compass of a man's arm. "'He's warning us back,' said the sheriff with another oath. "'I told you he was an amateur murderer.' If he can shoot like that, them three shots might have knocked three of us off our hosses. But he ain't going to shoot to kill unless he has to. That's his way of saying it. Such seemed to be the only explanation. That's what I call politeness, went on the sheriff, but the law don't make no allowances for such things. That gent yonder had done a murder, and he's got to hang for it. Judd, skirt around to the right and get behind him. Pete, you go to the left. Bob and Jerry, ride back to the top of the hill and get down behind them rocks. I'm going to try a little politeness of my own. His directions were swiftly followed. Judd Larrabee and P. Gloucester, riding left and right, scurried off for the positions that had been assigned them. 
thereby placing jack montaigne in the centre of a circle of foes three or four times as they rode the fugitive fired but each time the bullet struck a few feet in front of the running horse the sheriff turned straight to the right disappeared for ten minutes and came in view again at the top of a tall steep-sided hill which overlooked the fortress of montaigne here the sheriff dismounted ensconced himself on the crest and placed himself flat on his stomach with his rifle ready his slicker keeping him out of the mud from his position only exposing the top of his head to the fugitive he could look down on jack and hold the latter at his mercy and mercy the sheriff intended to show if he could he saw jack montaigne in the centre of a number of low-lying rocks among which he stirred about keeping a strict lookout on all sides the sheriff drew out his glass and focused it carefully until he could see the face of the man distinctly what he saw was of sufficient interest to keep him motionless for some time but he knew that appearances are not half the story the man had committed murder he kept telling himself over and over and yet in spite of himself the sheriff's heart was weakening the generosity which had induced the fellow to end the suffering of his wounded horse with his first shot instead of directing that bullet against the charging posse and the manner in which his rifle had been used merely to warn the sheriff and his men away these things struck directly to the heart of henry larrabee he had had many a gruesome experience with outlaws and killers but never before had he trailed a murderer who would not shoot to kill moreover the consummate marksmanship of the man appealed to him it was hard to believe that such an artist could have been guilty of the foul crime in the zeller house but facts were facts the sheriff warned by the stinging impact of a drop of rain that he had not much time in which to work gathered the butt of his gun closer and prepared to fire montaigne was surrounded by rocks which would serve admirably to protect him from direct fire on the level but there was none of sufficient height to protect him the angling fire of the sheriff in his commanding position moreover jack montaigne was hopelessly surrounded pete gloucester to the northeast bob and jerry to the south they lay in a loose circle round the central position sooner or later the fugitive would be starved into submission there was only one chance for his escape and that was in a driving rainstorm which might blot him out of sight and give him freedom to slip through but the sheriff had a way of forestalling the storm that was now blowing again out of the north he took careful aim and with exquisite nicety that would have done justice to montaigne's own skill with a gun planted a shot on the rock just beyond the fugitive that warning ought to be sufficient to make the fellow see that his position was commanded and that he would have to come out and surrender unless he wished to be shot as he lay there larrabee laid aside his rifle and took up the glass minutely to observe the results of the shot he saw that montaigne had sprung up and was busying himself in a strange fashion tugging at another deep buried rock just before him the sheriff gazed and wondered what this might mean until with a supreme wrench he saw the stone torn from its bed then he understood with a shout of vexation he dropped the glass and snatched up the rifle again but it was too late before he could draw the bead the second rock had been placed on the first a herculean feat of strength 
and now the two stones made a perfect safe shelter against the bullets of the sheriff even in his commanding position larrabee ground his teeth after all he had been a fool not to kill this man on the first sight now he looked anxiously to the north but what he saw was greatly reassuring the storm clouds were piling high but along the horizon a rift had appeared rain was falling steadily and heavier rain was coming but it was obviously only a clearing off shower and the heart of it would pass over in a few moments nearer and nearer came the sheet of rain blotting out the whole north and consuming hill after hill in obscurity as it swept along now he could no longer see the hill where judd lay and suddenly the storm struck his own position in thirty seconds he could not see ten yards before him or behind so terrific was the downpour unquestionably jack would attempt to break through the circle but before he travelled a quarter of a mile the storm would have passed and he would be in clear view and rifle range point blank sweeping his slicker about him and sheltering the rifle under it the sheriff waited probing the heart of the downpour in case the fellow should attempt to slip past close beside him but that was not likely he would run down through one of the hollows between the hills and never risk meeting with the members of the posse still the rain continued unabating in the sheriff's anxiety it seemed to him impossible that so much water could ever have been drawn up into the atmosphere but still it poured down moment after precious moment until at last he saw a gradual brightening to the north and the hill where judd lay came into view again like a ghost it was at this moment that his horse snorted and the sheriff turned with an appeasing word to see the figure of a man rushing straight on him from behind there was no time to handle a rifle as the man drew out of the dense rain a set savage face came into view larrabee went for his revolver it stuck in the holster the rain had got into the leather so that it was glued for a moment to the gun, and when the weapon came into his hand, the other was upon him. The sheriff dodged and fired, but as his finger curled around the trigger, a long arm darted forth, a fist gleamed before him, and the blow landed flush on the point of his jaw. It did not knock him down, but it paralyzed both brain and body as he staggered back the revolver fell from his nerveless hand and the next instant he was swept to the muddy ground in the embrace of bear-like arms what followed was done with lightning speed and precision in the space of half a dozen breaths the sheriff found himself trussed securely hand and foot gagged and lying on his back with the merciless rain whipping down into his face the fugitive gave him hardly a glance but caught up the fallen sombrero flung it over the face of his victim to shelter him from the torrent and with this final and almost insulting act of grace he was gone the splashing of the departing hoofs came back to larrabee his destined victim was galloping off on his own horse that tale would be caught up and told and retold by a hundred tongues in his anguish sheriff larrabee wished that he had died before this day ever came to him death was the final meed of every man but shame should come to cowards only the rain diminished now as if like a traitor it only wished to endure until jack montaigne had used its shelter to escape 
A moment later the brightness of the sun was about him. But when would they find him and set him free? How long before they rode again on the trail of that hard-fisted, slippery devil? How long? Chapter 6 All Aboard Two days later the joyless eyes of Jack Montaigne looked down from the side of a foothill upon a streak of black hurrying across the valley with a trailing cloud of white drawn out above it. Montaigne drew a great breath of relief. He looked back instinctively toward the mountains, rolling huge and sullen above him, as if he expected them to put forth an arm and catch him back. After all the perils, he had escaped and come to easy striking distance of the railroad, and the railroad meant freedom. In a few days it could carry him away to the ends of the country, where the names of Zeller and Benton were never dreamed of. He visualized himself in a far-off city, reading an obscure notice in an obscure paper about the futile hunt for Jack Montaigne, wanted for murder. For by this time they had surely hunted back to the town of his origin, and there they had learned that other and shameful story, and his name with it. He bowed his head at the thought of it. Then he shrugged back his shoulders and started his pony down the mountainside and toward the rambling collection of houses in the distance. Two miles from the outskirts he came to a pleasant meadow, where a brook tumbled brightly in the sunshine. Here he dismounted, took off the saddle and bridle, and waved the horse away to freedom. The invitation was accepted with a snort and a flirt of the heels. For a moment Montaigne watched with a sigh, and then turned back to take up his trail. He so timed his approach that he reached the vicinity of the town at dusk, and then skirted about it to the railroad. Of course it would not do to linger near the station, but that would not be necessary. Hardly a mile away the tracks started a stiff grade, where a freight train would have to labor slowly, so slowly that a man, agile of foot and sure of hand, could certainly take it with ease. To this point he went, and selecting a shelter between two bushes that would shelter him from the too active eye of some brakey as the train approached, he sat down to wait. The moon rose during his vigil, before he heard a far-off humming on the tracks, and then made out a train stopping at the town and starting again. That it was a freight train he had not the slightest doubt, as soon as he heard the redoubled labor of the engine as it reached the grade. Montaigne rose, stretched himself, and finding all his muscles playing smoothly in spite of the long period of inactivity, crouched again between the bushes and watched the train roar nearer. The sound grew louder. The humming of the rails was now a heavy vibration. The rush of the exhaust was like the deafening noise of a great waterfall. With his brain reeling from the uproar, the blow fell that had been so long avoided. There was a sharp command from behind, and he wheeled to look into the muzzles of three revolvers held by grim-faced men. It is said that remembered dreams are those which occur during the very act of waking. The mind, unencumbered by the slow processes of the senses that burden it during waking moments, plunges through enough events to fill a lifetime, all crammed into a second or two of actual time. And so it was with Jack Montaigne, as he faced the leveled guns and calculated the chances. There was not a line on a single face that he overlooked.
Had there been a single symptom of weakness in a single face, he would have taken the suicidal chance rather than submit. But there was no weakness. Every eye told him the same story, a readiness to kill on the slightest provocation on his part. So he pushed his hands above his head. To those who held him up, it seemed that the gesture of surrender was made instantly. "'Suffering cows!' exclaimed Jack Montaigne to the sheriff, recognizing his antagonist, whom he had met during the rainstorm. "'Is it possible that you've trailed me here?' "'Trailed?' asked the sheriff gently. "'Not a bit. I just did a little guessing that you'd come over the mountains in this direction, and if you did, you'd be sure to head for this town, and if you headed for this town, you'd be sure to strike for this grade to grab a freight. All simple as daylight.' go through him judd the last was addressed to his son who now adroitly went through the pockets of jack the revolver the pocket-knife tobacco and brown papers and a square of sulphur matches was the total of the effects of jack montaigne he's cashed the money somewheres said judd ain't any sign of it sure he's cashed it said the sheriff any fool would do that considering how much there is of it where'd you put it jack he asked casually of course anything you say to us may be used against you i know said montaigne so i won't say anything about the money and he smiled at the sheriff with what might have been resignation or mockery larrabee considered that smile with the most intimate attention bring down your hands he said but bring em down behind you then keep movin slow afraid i got another gun tucked up my sleeve asked montaigne i'm afraid of you every minute replied the sheriff with astounding frankness i might as well tell you so you'll know that i'm on the watch for you every minute come to think of it we'll handcuff your hands in front of you here you go as montaigne obediently offered his wrists the manacles were snapped over them a nice new pair observed montaigne calmly looking down at them his quiet manner shocked the younger men of the posse but the sheriff seemed more and more interested in his victim what did you do with my hoss he asked i suppose you knew we'd sent descriptions of the hoss all over together with descriptions of you did you drill her through the head and let her tumble down a ravine some place i let the hoss run loose said montaigne just above down yonder i take that kind of you said the sheriff gently i take that mighty kind all right boys jump on your hosses and we'll start climb on this one jack montaigne hesitated you going to walk sheriff i can do it better than you ain't handy to walk when you can't swing your hands it was strange to hear these politely diplomatic moves between the two presently montaigne was seated on the horse and they started back for the town with the sheriff walking a little behind the captive suddenly he drew up beside his prisoner jack he said in a purely conversational tone why did you do it do what asked montaigne out of a dream the old boy old benton why'd you finish him you're a pretty good guesser answered montaigne without emotion suppose you try to figure this puzzle out so the matter was allowed to rest they took a midnight train out and in the dawn they arrived at the sheriff's county seat where montaigne was escorted to the jail he preserved his careless demeanor throughout even when the front door of the jail slammed heavily behind him when they reached the door of the cell designated for jack the sheriff drew forth his bunch of keys just hold on to your patience for a while 
he said to Jack. Take me a while to find the right key. You don't need one, answered Montaigne. Here you are. And holding his hands small, he slipped them deftly out of the handcuffs. The sheriff watched with intense interest. You could have done that any time and made a play to get loose, he observed. Why didn't you, Jack? I know you got plenty of nerve for a break. Because I've made my play and finished it. I'm beat, sheriff, and that's all there is to it. Then he walked calmly into the barred enclosure. End of chapter 6